Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Friday, November 19th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis. Ready for the Week 11 NFL Main Slate podcast. And Crash, last week we changed up the format a little bit. We zeroed in on the four key games of the Main Slate, broke those down position by position, team by team, and had a really strong week, especially on FanDuel mm-hmm. uh, with the DAC to CeeDee Lamb connection and this week we're going to go back to the same strategy here we've got four key games from the main slate we're going to break down and we're adding a new twist you want to tell the listeners about that yeah so we are going to be adding at the end of our analysis for each game a prediction that we uh, we you know both feel confident about so that's going to be interesting and hopefully you guys will get a kick out of that and i'll give you something to look forward to every week as we go forward yeah absolutely and we'll have fun tracking those yeah. Uh, week to week, and hopefully that'll help you. If you're into prop bets, you can make a prop bet on some of these things, but also just you know, finalizing those roster decisions. Mm-hmm. So as for the games of the week here, we're going to handle both of the games with totals over 50. So we've got Cincinnati, Las Vegas. We've got Dallas and KC and the monster 56 and a half total. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a pretty highly owned game. Yeah. And then we're also mm-hmm. going to talk about two key division battles here. Green Bay, Minnesota with a tight spread and a nice 47 over under. And then Arizona, Seattle, uh, very similar, two-point spread, 47 and a half. So those are the four key games. We're going to hit those predictions, talk about each position group, and see if we can build some winners here on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. Um, That's what we provide uh, lineup advice to our members on, the full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, and the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard, of course. So let's get after it here, Josh. Game one, Green Bay. I don't know if you've heard about that team, but they play in a place called Lambeau. They're going to be on the road this week against Minnesota. One o'clock kickoff. Total here, 47. Your Packers favored by one. Talk to us about this Packers side. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The line has dropped all the way to one now. I think it was at three and a half two days ago. So the line seems to be shifting towards the Vikings. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but Green Bay is dealing with some key injuries. Aaron Jones is out. David Bakhtiari is still not going to be able to make it back yet. And Alan Lazard just kind of popped up in the middle of the week on the injury report. And I don't think he's going to play because he hasn't practiced all week. And, um, you know, so he's, he's going to be listed as doubtful. So it doesn't sound like he's going to give it a go either. Um, but I do think that this is going to be, um, I know, I know a lot of people know about uh, A.J. Dillon, but I think it's going to be even more of his breakout game to a lot of people in the national spotlight that, you know, don't see him as much um, as someone that watches the Packers all the time like I do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, without Aaron Jones, he's going to be the lead back in Green Bay, so I look for him to see a heavy workload Sunday. Um, he'll also be involved in the passing game a little bit. Um, he's been effective this year when he's been using the passing game. He did catch a receiving touchdown against Cincinnati earlier this year. Um, so that is an area that they will use him, uh, when the opportunity presents itself. And, um, Aaron Jones was the second leading receiver for Green Bay behind Adams, you know? Um, so I, I do think that, like I said, he's going to get some similar looks in, in their game plan that Aaron Jones would normally get. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how he fares as a lead back versus being the change of pace back for Jones. And when Dylan does come out of the game, 
There's a deep GPP sleeper that you can look at. It's Patrick Taylor. He's 4,600 on FanDuel. He's min K, min price, 4K on DraftKings. Um, both Coach LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers both spoke highly of him this week. They, and Rodgers said that he has good hands and run, you know, good routes. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, you know, Millie Maker type play, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, and then, of course, you have Devontae Adams. He's 8,400 on both sites. Um, without Aaron Jones, they're going to target him heavily, obviously. Um, I think Green Bay's offensive attack is going to be a little bit more pass heavy this week. And, you know, he's obviously the top option. Minnesota has allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. And Devontae has a history of putting up big games against Minnesota. Had a three touchdown game on seven receptions last year, the last time they played. And um, in his two games against them last year, he had a combined 21 catches for 209 yards and five touchdowns. Um, and he's the highest projected scoring wide receiver this week by Pro Football Focus. And then if you want to pay down at wide receiver a little bit, you could look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, he's 5,200 on FanDuel. He's 3,700 on DraftKings, especially with Alan Lazard most likely being out. This is going to open up more opportunities for him with Jones being out, of course. And um, he's a guy that Rodgers trusts. He has had – Big games in Minnesota before last year. He had uh, four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. I think that Devontae Adams is going to see pretty high ownership, which is going to make him a nice tournament play. And um, as I mentioned earlier, they've allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. So this is just going to be a game where I think they're going to rely a little bit more on Aaron Rodgers in the passing game than the running game. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I do like Dylan and Devontae here. No big surprise. Uh, like you said, great matchup for Devontae on paper. He's kind of due for a big game, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. I, I think this is going to be it. I really do. And Dylan, uh, I've really always liked watching him run, especially this season where he's gotten more mm -hmm. and more carries. I mean, he's just so physical. And yeah. I I think he's going to be in a great spot here with this opportunity. You know, he had a massive fantasy point production last week. Uh, and... You know, I think he's he's in a great spot. 34% run blocking advantage, according to our friends at Pro Football Focus. But, Josh, you know, I think the real story of this game is going to be the Minnesota offense against that tough Green Bay defense because they've really been picking it up here. But surprisingly uh, to some, potentially, Minnesota's offense is better than Green Bay's offense in terms of total yardage per game. Yep passing yardage per game, rushing yardage per game, and points. Uh, but Green Bay's defense is better than Minnesota's in all of those categories. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's – I think we can all be pretty confident that Dylan and Devontae and, and company are going to do some damage against Minnesota's defense and put up some points. It's just a matter of, you know, is Minnesota going to be able to respond? So um, where are they going to look? Well, Dalvin Cook, of course, getting big touches again, uh, 27 last week. But Green Bay has not allowed – Josh, you, you wouldn't know this stat. They have not allowed a 100-yard rusher this season. Did you know that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Khalil Herbert was the closest at 97. Mm. So um, we'll see. We'll see if they give Cook enough touches to get there. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Justin Jefferson here. Uh, to get a bunch of targets, uh, they you know they've been pretty good against wide receivers. You know ac across the board here, 
quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. They're not getting big fantasy points against Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But he's got the sixth best matchup of the week, according to Pro Football Focus. They move him all over the field. Uh, got back into the groove in their last game, uh, nine for 143. So he had twenty five over 25 DraftKings points without scoring a touchdown. That's pretty encouraging. Yep. Uh, and then Conklin, uh, you know, on paper, that's actually the best matchup where they're sort of in the middle against mm -hmm. tight ends. And he was big for us last week with a couple touchdowns. Um, but Jefferson, I think, is my favorite play overall here on the Minnesota side because I do think Green Bay will have success. Minnesota will have to throw it to, to keep up, and Jefferson will be the guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. Um especially without Jair Alexander. If Jair Alexander was playing, then it would be a different story for me. I would just, I don't know who I would go to, probably just Conklin. But um, yeah, I can I can see, I'm guessing, are they are they predicting him to match up with Eric Stokes or who are they predicting him to match up with? Well, you know, he, 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 they are projecting him to continue at 37% left, 32 in the slot, 31 to the right. So okay, he's going to be all over the field. So he'll see Stokes, King, and Sullivan. Um, all and and well, he'll actually probably see Rosillo Douglas actually when he goes over to the the left side. Um, but I think I think that that is one guy that kind of scares me as a Packer fan because you know he he kind of with with Cook being as as uh, explosive as he is, you know it's going to be hard to just sit back and play cover two with the two high safeties the whole game and not focus more on cook, which could right. open, you know, some routes for Jefferson to get open. Um, and I do like him more than Adam Thielen, even though Adam Thielen seems to just always have a, a big game against us. It seemed like so. All right. Excellent. Well, how about a prediction here for this game? Okay. So earlier in the week, um, the over under was at 49 and I loved the under on that. Uh, that's not a prediction. That's just, I'm just throwing that out there. But I think it's at 47 now. Still like the under, just not as much as it was at 49. My prediction is Green Bay will hold Dalvin Cook below 100 yards rushing and Kirk Cousins below 200 yards passing. Wow, below 200. That's a bold prediction. Um, I yeah, will I'm say that <laughs> since week one, you know, which was rough, as you know, they've only given up two touchdowns maximum to quarterbacks. So um, you've got that going for you. Well, we have, uh, you know, slight, well, not really competing predictions, but uh, predictions that could clash because I, my mm -hmm. prediction here is that Jefferson, who has been a little bit inconsistent with his targets, and then they talked him up a little bit, and he got 11 targets last week. I think he's going for 11 targets again. I think okay. uh, they're going to have to throw it, and they will throw it to him, take advantage of that talent. So we'll see. If he gets all those targets, as I'm predicting, uh, you know, how many yards does he get and how many does Cousins yeah. end up with? That'll be interesting. All right, excellent. Let's go to game two. We've got Cincinnati and Las Vegas. As we move to 405 Eastern, we're, we're going to cover all three of those games. So it's going to be probably back-ended, you know, loaded on the back end here with mm -hmm. our fantasy exposure with these uh, big games late. Uh, 
50.5 is the total here. Cincinnati favored by one on the road. Both teams are five and four. Cincinnati coming off a bye uh, after losing badly to Cleveland. How do you think they're going to fare against Las Vegas? It'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, Las Vegas obviously had a huge letdown game against Kansas City. I mean, they just they just pretty much had their way with the Raiders defense for sure. Um, so we'll see, you know, how Cincinnati comes out. I think that they're going to be pretty focused on Joe Mixon and their running game. Um, you know, the Raiders outside of last week with Mahomes have been pretty stout against the pass this year. They've, um, allowed the eighth most fantasy points to running backs, you know, so I do like this, this situation, this scenario, this game for Mixon, he scored 25 plus DK points in three of his last four games. And he's also been targeted um, five or more times in three of his last four games, which obviously makes him an even better option on, on DraftKings. So I do like Joe Mixon. Um, and in the passing game, it's it's pretty crazy. But Jamar Chase, 7,700 on FanDuel, 7,200 on DraftKings, has had his best two games this year against the two highest ranked pass defenses that he's faced in Baltimore and Green Bay. Um, and this week he faces another top ranked, you know, top 10 ranked pass defense. I don't know if he just gets up for that level of competition difference and just feels the motivation or what, but I'm willing to give him a look, especially in tournaments. You know, you've got the Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hills, CeeDee Lamb, Stefan Diggs. They're going to get a lot of the ownership. So Chase could go pretty low owned. And um, I feel like it's just a matter of time before he has one of those big games again. He's just so talented. So. Yeah, he really can step up and have huge days. Uh, I do expect Cincinnati to rebound after the bye, get themselves organized. I, I do like Mixon uh, a lot as well. They really count on him in the red zone. Eight touchdowns in his last six games. Hmm. So, And I love those targets as well. Uh, on the Las Vegas side here, the, the way to attack Cincinnati is with the passing game. Uh, 24th in yards allowed passing. So Derek Carr uh, should be throwing it a bunch. Now let's look a little bit into this passing attack here with Ruggs out. We saw Renfro continue to be very consistent here. Eight to nine targets in the last three weeks. <clears throat> Brian Edwards really jumped out because of that touchdown and the long receptions against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Three for 88 and a touchdown. Yep. So, you know, he's a real X factor here. Is Does he continue to get big plays? Um, I'm, you know, I'm a little skeptical. I don't trust Edwards completely here. Four straight games with exactly four targets. Mm. We know that they just, you know, they really pepper Renfro with targets. Uh, so I think Ed, Edwards at 4,100 on DraftKings, uh, he could get it done again. You know, just an average matchup on paper uh, from PFF. But I, I would prefer Renfro or Waller. All right, I think it's. I think it could be a big Waller week. Yeah. Uh, the OC Greg Olson came out and called him their best player. That we got to f- you know find ways to get him the ball more because he was really kind of non-existent in that game mm-hmm. against Kansas City. Really overshadowed by Kelsey. Yeah. So I, I think Waller is more heavily involved here, uh, and so I think you could get, you could go with a one-off here on the main slate and pick up Renfro or Waller on this side. Hmm. And I do want to mention, I forgot to mention this about Cincinnati. I do like uh, Azoma. He's 5,200 on FanDuel, but he's only 3,500 on DraftKings. 
And yep. the Raiders have allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends. So I do like him in tournaments for sure. Yeah, get- I mean, that's a great matchup on paper also. Agreed. If you look at the schedule, though, uh, I mean, Las Vegas has played about the toughest group of tight ends you could possibly True. face at, at this point in the season. And Uzama, he doesn't get heavy targets. He has mm-hmm. had some big plays and some big games because of it. Um, so I just proceed with caution there. He could yeah. get it done again with some big plays, no doubt about it. But just remember, you know, if it's halftime and he has one target, don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And as far as the Raiders side go, Waller's my favorite play in this whole game, much less this uh, this side. So Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, how about a prediction? Are you ready for that? Yeah. So All my right. prediction is that Jamar Chase will have over 100 yards receiving and Darren Waller will score at least one touchdown. Beautiful. I like it. I'm with you on Waller. I'm going to piggyback there and say that the this gentleman who hasn't had a touchdown since week four is going to score a touchdown and get at least 80 yards, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a ton for Waller. But remember, compared to last season, he just hasn't mm-hmm. been putting up those big numbers. You know, Last week, only 24 yards receiving. And it's a below average matchup overall uh, for, for tight ends, you know, slightly below average. So I, I think they just, they, they make it a point to get it to him. And he, uh, he has a big one, 80 and a touchdown. Hmm. I like it. All right. Halfway through the slate, we've got two more games to go. Uh, make sure to jump in with us this weekend for our lineups. If you'd like, go to dfscoachdoc.com, pick up whichever length of membership you want. Uh, I'm a fan of the five day pass, uh, or you could try, try us for a week and, uh, any, any, uh, membership you get, you get all of our sports. So NBA seven days a week, golf twice a week and, uh, the NFL, well, we are going to take a little break from, for golf yeah. uh, until the Hawaii swing, but yeah. And um, baseball will be a while too. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, part of the off season here. Yeah. All right, Dallas and Kansas City. How about this? 56 and a half mm. over under. Casey favored by two and a half at home. Two strong teams here with the record. Casey obviously trending back in the right direction. Dallas coming in at seven and two. Cooper is out. So mm. talk to me about mm. Dallas without Cooper. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching this game just as a football fan. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Um not having Amari Cooper does hurt the entertainment value a little bit, but I still think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I think um, I'll still tune in. Yeah, yeah, definitely still worth a watch for sure. And then um, Tyron Smith is questionable, so we'll have to see if, if he gets in the lineup or not. But for me, um, starts with Dak Prescott, 8,400 on FanDuel, 7,200 on DraftKings. Kansas City's allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, Prescott had a nice bounce back game last week in the blowout of Atlanta and he's averaged just over 300 yards passing this, this year. And, you know, per game, I think he'll have another 300 plus yard passing game again, Sunday. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be without Amari Cooper, but he still has CD lamb and Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson and those guys. So I do like that Prescott, um, CD lamb, 8,000 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. obviously the clear wide receiver one now with Cooper out, if he wasn't already, uh, monster game last week against Atlanta, 28.6 DK points, uh, six catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Going to see a really heavy target share. He At least he should. Um, and then Ezekiel Elliott, um, 8,500 on FanDuel, 7,700 on DraftKings. 
I think Dallas could potentially try and slow down the flow of this game and keep Mahomes and the offense on the sidelines. So that could open up a heavy workload for, for Elliott. Um, Kansas City is just kind of middle of the pack against running backs. And, um, you know, the last two games, he did see a little bit fewer carries than he was earlier in the season. But I think that's mostly just due to those two games being blowouts. So this game should be close from start to finish, in my opinion. That'll keep him heavily involved. And then in tournaments, you could look at Tony Pollard. He's 5,600 on FanDuel, 4,700 on DraftKings. He saw six targets last game against Atlanta. And um, I think if if Steve Spagnuolo, the, the uh, defensive coordinator for Kansas City, comes out with more of his aggressive blitz packages um, like he did against Green Bay, then um, Pollard could be involved in the screen game and stuff like that. So it could open up some opportunities for Pollard in the passing game. And then um, Kansas City has allowed the seventh most fantasy points to tight end. So I do like Dalton Schultz. I think that he's had a few down weeks and he's kind of due for a bounce back game. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that passing game is attractive. Uh, you know, Gallup and Wilson at those prices, very interesting. Um, Wilson, I think it's worth noting that the three games before this Atlanta game, mm-hmm. uh, five targets per game in those th- three weeks, and he's only yeah. 3,200 on DraftKings. Mm. So he's an interesting value play to me. I'm also glad you mentioned Pollard. We had some chat chatter in our Discord about him. Right. Today. And he, I mean, he looked awesome against Atlanta. He, he really has throughout the season when he's gotten the opportunities, but I agree that I think it's really important to remember that it was a blowout. And if you look at the couple weeks before, before that, he really didn't get many touches. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I'd say proceed cautiously with Pollard. Remember that last week was a blowout. Yeah. Um, you know, before you really get uh, too heavily invested there. Uh, you know, like if you're looking at DraftKings, you could get Wilson for 1500 cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, if he gets four catches for 50 and a score, then you know you're golden. Yeah. All right. On the Kansas City side, we finally saw Mahomes look like Mahomes. 406 yards and five mm-hmm. passing touchdowns against Las Vegas in the four weeks before that. Four total passing touchdowns. Yeah. So. Folks are feeling like things are right in the world again in in Kansas City. Um, But, yeah, both offenses here, over 400 yards per game. Um, Really excited about this matchup. The running backs, bit of a question mark here for KC. As we record this on Friday night, we're not sure about CEH, whether he'll be back or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not the best way to attack Dallas anyway. Really, the passing game is where it's been at. So Mahomes is in play for me again here. And we just got to talk about the big guns, Tyreek and Kelsey. Tyreek got those two short touchdowns last week. Kelsey was really the man in the first half. I think he had seven of his eight catches before halftime. Mm. And then um, Hardman didn't do too much. Uh, Pringle made a nice showing late. Uh, we talked about that on the, the Showdown uh, podcast, I believe. Uh, comparing Pringle's prices to Hardman. Now it's kind of back on the main slate here. We're back in that 4K to 3,400 range for those two. So you could uh, you could get a you know more exposure to this game mm-hmm. with Pringle if you're willing to uh, you know have a GPP approach because his targets are inconsistent. Hardman's at a fair price for 4,000 for his talent, but he has games like last week where he only has three targets. Yeah. So. Um, 
I will I will continue my discussion about the Kansas City pass catchers with my prediction. But um, any uh, thoughts on KC, or are you ready for your prediction? Yeah, I <clears throat> I was going to add that you know Tyreek Hill has been um, still scoring like he has twenty seven plus DraftKings points in two of his last three games, but he's not having to rely on the deep ball. In fact, I will add this statistic out there. He hasn't had a reception of over 50 yards since week one, which is pretty shocking when you think about all the deep balls that we've seen thrown to him in the past. But they're just defending. Teams are defending him differently. But he's still effective. He's still getting a ton of targets. He's still getting you know a ton of receptions, obviously. Still finding the end zone. So definitely no reason to go away from him in this matchup. And then obviously Kelsey. Um I will say of the five touchdowns he scored this year, four of them have been at home. So that's something to keep in mind. Nice. Yeah, good insights there. All right. How about your prediction? My prediction. So the over-under is 56. What is it? 56 and a half? 56? Okay. Dallas and Kansas City will combine to score over 70 points. Oh, boy. Let's load up here. We gotta, mm-hmm. I may need to rethink this and get even more exposure here to this game. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these two teams have that potential. The defenses have enough weaknesses. Uh, man, that'll be fun. Yeah, so without Cooper, if we're going to score 70, more than 70, we, we really do need to tune in. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, one of the guys who I think is going to score in that game is Kelsey. Uh, and my prediction is he gets more touchdowns this week than Tyreek. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the touchdowns he got last week were those short passes that were kind of strange plays. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, we've seen Mahomes kind of get back to feeding Kelsey last week as they move down the field. And I think now it's his turn to say, okay, Kelsey, I haven't got you touchdown, yeah. uh, you know, enough recently. So gonna, I think they're going to make it a point uh, to, to make that connection. Yeah, and it goes right along with what we were talking about, how he has four of his five touchdowns at home. So exactly perfect sense. Plus, he had a lot more burst um, against the Raiders than I've seen from him in a couple weeks. You know, with my wife being a diehard Kansas City fan, we're watching every game. So I haven't seen that burst from him in a few in probably a month, honestly. Well, let's hope it continues this week. Yep. All right. Let's finish up with Arizona and Seattle. Also at 425. 47 and a half is the over 100 here. Arizona favored by two as the eight and two road team against Seattle at three and six. Some interesting uh, stories here with these quarterbacks. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray here on Friday night? Yeah, I'm concerned if he doesn't play. Um, I just think it's going to be a long day for, for Arizona. Um, I, I like what I've seen from Seattle's defense lately. And without DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Hopkins is out too. So I think it's it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for Arizona. But I do like James Conner. He's 7,200 on FanDuel. He's 6,100 on DraftKings. Um, with Chase Edmonds on IR, obviously he's their guy when it comes to the running game. Seattle's allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs this season. We saw A.J. Dillon run all over them last week, found the end zone twice. Um, and he scored seven touchdowns in the last six games. So I definitely think he'll find the end zone this Sunday. And um, he's also seen uh, in the last two games four and five passing targets. So it seems like they're getting him more involved in the passing game a little bit too. Excellent. Yeah, I like Connor here. He's been solid. Uh, great matchup. 
lots of touches. They love him in the red zone, 12 on the season. Uh, so a lot to be said there, no doubt about it. All right, over on the Seattle side, we have Carson out. And before the show, uh, you picked up on something, and it was good old Pete Carroll talking about Rashad yeah. Penny mm-hmm. uh, with his optimistic yeah. viewpoint. Uh, is that real? Is he actually going to get involved here? Um, I, I think it's uh, important because uh, the last couple of weeks or two of the last three games, at least running backs against Arizona have been very successful. Your Packers mm-hmm. were Carolina last week, and we're talking about rushing it and receiving it. So if there were, uh, you know, some clarity with this backfield, I might, I might go there, but you know, this penny thing is just a bit of a distraction. Uh, does it cut into Collins? Um, you know, could be, uh, mm-hmm. they, they have some depth there without Carson. They're going to apparently continue to shuffle people around. Travis Homer is another guy who I want to mention and you know, would like to know if he was going to have a consistent role there catching passes. He caught three for 23 against Green Bay. Did have one drop, which was pretty bad. Mm. But he's just this guy that one of these days, he's going to be the key player on on a Millie Maker. He's got enough talent, uh, 4,500 on DraftKings. So just keep an eye on him. Not saying you need to play him this week, but one of these weeks, uh, Mm -hmm. he's going to get it done in a big way. Hopefully, Russell Wilson will get it done a little bit more than last week. Yeah. Really struggling against your Packers. You know, didn't really seem to be 100%, 100% with the hand, did he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. yeah. Um, but uh, he's got, uh, you know, a week under his belt. He's got the motivation. He's got those stud receivers. DK, really nice matchup on paper. Um Last year, actually, we had a lot of success in this matchup, Seattle and Arizona. It was Tyler Lockett who, mm. who made us a bunch of money. Um, will this be a week that he that he uh, splashes? Could be. Um, but, you know, this is just uh, – it is a tough game here, not knowing about Kyler Murray, because that can change things a bunch. You know, how mm. effective is the Arizona offense – um, so we, we, we're going to have to make our final predictions and projections on this game closer to kickoff. But what are your thoughts on the Seattle side? Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be Russell Wilson's, you know, kind of his bounce back statement game a little bit after what happened last week. I mean, he's got to be ticked off about being shut out for the first time in his career. And that's a pretty monumental thing to have to deal with. And I think that <clears throat> DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both in play. I think that you know, in tournaments, these are kind of tournament only plays already. So that's that's pretty obvious. But um, I would just go with whichever one is going to fit into your lineup construction the best and just kind of trust it. Lockett's cheaper, um, but I would say Metcalf probably has a higher ceiling. So, yeah. Um, the one other thing I'll add is that uh, Tyler Lockett had his big games here, uh, you know, with Wilson. Um, Gino was, you know, favoring Metcalf a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a, a better opportunity potentially for Tyler to, to do it again. Hmm. Be. All right. How about a prediction for game four here? Okay. So Arizona has allowed the third. 
fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. So this is going to be another bold prediction, I guess. Um, Russell Wilson throws for 300 yards and three-plus touchdowns. Oh, boy. All right, nice. I like it. Well, funny, you were breaking down the Arizona side. I'm going to go over there for my prediction, just as you did with Seattle. Mm. And it is that if Kyler Murray plays, Christian Kirk is going to get in the end zone for a touchdown. Mm. And, you know, Kirk is kind of an inconsistent guy. These Arizona receivers are all of them as a group because mm-hmm. throughout the season they've been you know mixing and matching. They've some weeks when they're healthy, they've got tons of weapons everywhere. Uh, without Hopkins, obviously it's a better spot, but he just didn't really click with McCoy. All uh, four of his touchdowns have come when Kyler Murray's been playing, and AJ Green is certainly not a, a threat. You know, if right. if it continues from last week where he gets one catch for four yards on th- on three mm-hmm. targets, I mean, again, it was McCoy, but uh, Kirk's got you know some versatility. Uh, he'll do a bunch of damage in the slot. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice price, so I think he's worth a look on DraftKings. Yeah, but do you want to make a ba- uh, backup prediction in case he doesn't play? In case Murray doesn't play? Well, even if he doesn't, um, you're still going to stick with that. Uh, well, well, we'll see. I mean, I think he could. I think he's got the best chance mm-hmm. um, of the pass catchers to get in there. Um, and I'm just not sure if this touchdown run can continue for Tonner, for Connor. So, you know, maybe yeah. they do it through the air. You know, you, you have throughout the season been able to attack Seattle through the air and on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's – I'm not ready to say that Connor's going to get two more. Um, so, yeah, I think this could be a Kirk week. Okay. Sounds good. Beautiful. Well, we're going to put it all together here for the main slate. Hope that helped you with, uh, you know, getting zeroed in on these key games. Again, it really helped us last week. So mm-hmm. that's why we've gone back to it. And if you're playing showdown slates on Sunday, you know, hopefully this will help uh, get you organized for those matchups. Uh, jump in with us at DFSCoachTalk.com. That's our website. Any questions, you can find us on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. Josh, any final thoughts here? Uh, just looking forward to, um, you know, obviously watching watching the Packers and the Vikings game, but that that Dallas-Kansas City game, I've been looking forward to all week. I really have, which is unusual. Usually I just look forward to the Packers games like that. Well, it's nice also that they're at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock, so you can yeah, easily exactly. watch both. And obviously we'll have our eyes on everything along the way uh, with the other games. So, all right, great stuff. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to check out our primetime podcast as well for the Sunday night and Monday night games. And uh, do subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Hit that thumbs up. Get ready for the NBA podcast to continue seven days a week. And uh, appreciate all your support. So on behalf of Josh Crash Davis and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.